0: Join me in Disgraceland, available right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Rock and roll.
1: The last Idols tour, it was like a- Attack of the Bionic Men. It was <laughs> like, it, we're, we're definitely north of, everyone's north of 35, so we're definitely starting to creak. You know, everyone's <laughs> like tucking their knee pads on before they put the trousers on and like. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs>
3: I am really excited. No, really, I am because it's lovely. Um, our guest on Curious Creatures com is Mark Bowen of Idols. Mark, it's lovely to see you.
1: It's lovely to be here.
3: And I just want to say, uh, really, a big thank you for making an amazing sound on our new recording. Our, yeah. yeah, 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 great. You made a sound oh, like a, like, like, Something really with depth and passion and craziness and um, for if, if Arrow eventually to sing on and just get lost in it. We've just done a video as well. and It looks amazing.
1: Yeah, I've seen it. It looks it.
3: I only know one other the guitarists that, that came to mind when I heard your, 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 your guitar featured on its own. And there's a chap called Kid Congo Powers.
1: Okay, yeah.
3: Yeah, and Kid, because you, you probably you know his fair Bible, the Cramps, Pink Monkey Birds is his band at the moment. But I always was baffled how Kid got around the guitar, and I, I don't even if he knew if he did regular tuning, even. But it was a lot of expression. Is that how you approach your instrument?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I mean, I've never really had like proper lessons or anything like that, or I'm not like big into, you know, practicing basically <laughs> it's, it's, it's mainly about expression for me. It's like, you know, the, the reason I picked guitar was because you can thrash about and you can, <laughs> yeah. you can visually kind of express what you're doing as well, you know, you can you can kind of add more of a performance into your body movement and things like that. So that that that's that's why I went with guitar in the first
3: place. Yeah, you can definitely from the first time I saw you perform. I think the first time I saw you were you guys was on Jules Holland later with Jules Holland, I think, and you attacked the audience. Yeah, it was like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody moved from that out in in a circle on Jules before. I don't think but you you make it like yeah it's very much a part of you
1: yeah yeah it's it it, yeah and it's about expression it's like you know i'm i'm looking for the the way to get that feeling out that catharsis out um and like all, all all my favorite guitarists are all kind of like they're kind of bad. Like they're kind of crap.
3: Tell me who, like, who who would come to mind?
1: Well, like, I mean, my favorite guitarists are like uh, Graham Coxon, um, and oh, I hate when Enriquez <laughs> things we on the line. Hold on. <laughs> it's n- but 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 but, but anyway, anyway, it's like they they tend to kind of play. Like, I, I mean, my, my favorite guitarist at the minute is Kate LeBon because ah. like her approach is it, everything always sounds like really off-kilter and almost like inappropriate for the track but it fits <laughs> because the expression is right you know yeah. and it's I like that's,
3: that's probably what I think Kate would love that you know to, just to be inappropriate yeah yeah
1: yeah um so like I I, I, I love that I love the kind of like it's, it's slightly off kilter. Yeah. It's not really paying attention to being in tune. It's not really paying attention to being in time, and um, but it fits. You know, it's like, it's like a, almost like an anti pocket. Yeah. Like it's you're kind of like if you're finding the space between the rhythm or kind of issuing the concept of the rhythm. Like
3: I, lo- I love that the. the- it's, it sounds crazy to say because you've just said it's the big expression, it's part of you and I know it's a very physical thing but you have a lot of restraint as well. There's a lot of choosing your moment and... Cho- yeah, but I think I think that's because it's like
1: um, it's about impact. So like, if you're going to express yourself, if you're just blurting and talking all the time and yammering on, no one's going to take the profound things you say as well, because you're, you know, it's interceded with all this yeah, yeah. crap. Whereas if you're just, you know, picking your moment and you, and you choose to go with something profound, then the profundity withstands, I guess.
3: I, I was listening today uh, earlier on. I, I love that. There's one I think from from the basement. There's a great recording. Really captures uh, uh, the energy of everything um, and the sounds. Um, and then I heard I think something off the new album, which is called Tank, Tank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, Tank. What I, I think what sounds like what's developed is the interplay and that kind of single note thing that you play a lot. Single. It's like three notes, and they're really precisely picked as well.
0: Yeah,
3: and it reminded me of a, a band that Lol and I kind of we we hark back to Captain B far
2: quite a lot. Yeah, oh yeah,
3: and oh, it reminded yeah. me of the Magic Band because I'd never heard anything like the Magic Band before them. When I heard an album like Clear Spot, and I heard this guitars that were going, you know, kind of all intertwined, but somehow together, but totally separate and and mad drum beats you know that were not complicated but were really like couldn't figure them out at all how's he doing that i don't know if that is that something that you are aware of or familiar with any of that stuff.
1: i mean yeah yeah a little bit i think the i think were like the idols kind of like part of that comes in is through from kind of like two diverging points. So like both me and Joe are really into electronic music. So like techno and Joe's really into hip hop. And so we want to we approach our music in that kind of way. So it's like, you know, in, in techno, you, you have something going dang, dang, you know, and then, and then it repeats. And it's it's the repetition that is um, alluring and infectious and kind of it, it, it can be the hardest bit because you're like oh there it comes again oh there it comes again yeah, yeah. and like I, and and the other thing as well is that like i think every single member of the band's favorite instrument is probably
3: drums good good oh you're in good company <laughs> like we we,
1: do, we don't we would all prefer to be drummers
3: <laughs> but it
1: but it's like you know it's a it's it's all about kind of rhythm for us and it's all about like creating that kind of sense of violence through the rhythm and and through then like awkwardly played slightly off rhythm stuff like you know one of the great pleasures i have in my band is that our rhythm section is like as tight as you could possibly get
3: rock solid they are they are just like the immovable object yeah it seems whatever you throw at them they will just be there and go like no I'm sticking yeah. here, like, and that,
1: and that's great because it because it it means that I can be as chaotic as I possibly can be, and they'll,
2: and there'll always be something to come back to. Right, there's always a place that you can anchor to. Exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah. It can it can all fall apart at my end, but at least it's not for the listener.
3: I saw performance of you guys and thinking there's there's craft and there's awareness of delicacy, you know, and craftsmanship as well as, you know, it's all it allows you to be, you know, crazy and off the wall. You have to have like a solidity.
1: Yeah, it's cool. It's like a, on, on the new album that's coming out, Tank, we got, um, we were working with Nigel Godrich with the from the basement thing, right. but the, the first thing we kind of sat down and did was started working with tape loops yeah. So we had, so we just had like indeterminate lengths of tape, and it was like, and we, we would just like play random stuff, and then it would like he would just capture bits, and so there'd be like, where, where is the one? And everyone's one would be different. Or like that. And then it, it, it's, it, it's it's really cool. So like everyone's hearing the song completely differently, and then you kind of you take a big view view of what has gone down, and then you kind of chop and piece it together, and maybe. And maybe it's only like a cloud or or something to give you a sense of the rest of the track and the rest of the track comes in. But like, it's a really cool place to, to start. I, 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 I really love like um, chaos and kind of like indefiniteness, I guess is the best way to describe it. Where you're like, where's the one and does the one really matter? Or where's the, um, where's the downbeat? And like, you know i sometimes if you can trick the audience into thinking the downbeat was somewhere else and then they hear it somewhere else
3: so 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 what was the biggest tape loop i mean did you have these things going around the room yeah yeah
1: i mean there it went it, it got weird it definitely got weird in places
3: oh i love that stuff uh, we both lola and i worked with a guy called mike hedges he he introduced us put putting pencils on mic stands and you know yeah and yeah all around the room and then we get like a loop going. And then I remember its like coming to the end of a take. And then the loop just slowed down. Yeah. Like, but it slowed down kind of like perfectly like. It was a great sound. And so just kind of without thinking, Seg went into a completely new song. Yeah. And totally dictated by an accident. And that, it was just magic moments in the studio that you can, if, if you're ready for it. Is that what was happening?
1: So I, I basically whenever we go whenever we got together, it, he was like, "What do you want me to bring to this project?" Because like, what, Why do you want me to produce it? And um, the, the reason that I wanted to get him involved was one to learn loads of him, um, and you know, gain stuff that way. But also, um, he is known for working with people like Beck and Radiohead right at the points where they kind of take massive left turns and they experiment and move into really uncomfortable territory for them, probably. And I think he's good at, like, centering people and, like, kind of just making sure that it's good, (laughs) basically, (laughs) (laughs) you know, rather than... um, You know, rather than just becoming a selfish act, let's say. Um, And and he kind of like, and I really wanted this album to have more harmonic information than our previous stuff. So to take left turns, like in chord changes, and but also in signs as well. Like so, there was a lot. There was a lot of like time spent just like me and him on a synth where we would just try lots and lots and lots of different chords over what had already been created and to see whether that can transform the song and pivot the song at certain points so that 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 was that that was a big big element of what he he brought
3: so nigel was involved in the basement recording
1: yeah yeah yeah. so he does from the basements like his baby
3: of course it's his thing isn't it yeah, yeah
1: yeah Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep, so yep. we did that. We did that, and like that was the first time we played those songs. And we again, like, it was then kind of like normal idols' time. So we'd, we rehearsed them to within an inch of their lives. Um, and then we kind of hit it off. And then yeah, we made this this new album with him, which is definitely the best thing we've done.
3: All that, and, and he's such a nice guy as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Great.
3: I think he was, they were just, uh, the family was just starting us, uh, I think, last time I saw them.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's the same as me. We've both got young kids. So we're both. Old? Equally exhausted. My, mine are four and uh, 14 months.
3: Oh, yes. You remember that
2: lol. Yeah, brutal, brutal, brutal time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
3: it's,
1: it's, it's two. The, no one tells you this, but like two is like a hundred times more yeah. than one. <laughs> it's just. <laughs>
2: It is something else, like, but it's, is this, it's does the does the, uh, the fourteen month uh, old walk yet?
3: Yeah.
2: Oh my god, that's double bad because you got the one who can really run around and run faster than you. Yeah.
3: You know. <laughs> everything like at their height had to be shifted.
2: Yeah, at their height. You have to walk around the house at their level. Yeah, my son would get like, you know, kitchen knives and put them in the the VCR player to get his of you know Barney or whatever he was watching out of the VC player, you know, just you know, just your average everyday Bang & Olsen you know, video player. He'd just stick this thing right in and have to go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's not that's not going to work because you'll die. You know,
3: I couldn't figure out what that when my my daughter's now twelve and my son's nine, so I, I started late, but you know, a lot went on before. <laughs> um that's another story um but i it's funny how busy you get when children arrive you know it's sort of life kind of takes on a whole different meaning and and priorities change and i don't know what that is but suddenly like everybody wants you you to be doing stuff as well you know life just comes along and goes like whoa you seem alive and lots of energy and you can't sleep you're you're completely zapped (laughs) and it doesn't change (laughs) it's like i'm just trying to find hours in the day but there's always something to be done and so the only thing i can think of is getting on tour that might work
1: (laughs) yeah and
3: mark you've just left you've just left london Are are you glad to be away from it
1: I've got, I've got a very, um, I don't know. I've got like, I, I loved living in London and I loved um, everything about it, but it was, it was definitely too hard to be a touring musician and have two young kids, and then no one, we had no one else around us because both me and my wife are from Belfast, so it's kind of, and then moving back to Belfast was, um, it's great, it's really great. Like Belfast is, like, I mean, I ran away from this place whenever I was nineteen. Like it was so boring and so like backwards in many ways. Like there's lots of like you know there was lots of cool people and there was lots of like you know forward thinking people. But generally, it just had that sense. And it, it's it's changed a lot, a lot in that time. And it seemed. Were you were you playing then? Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was in bands in school and stuff like that. Um, but it was I mean it was more by electronic music for me back then like there's there's an amazing place called shine in belfast and it was like um it it was like one of those cool places that made me want to move to somewhere like london because like there was like it was it was a dance music club so it was like proper like banging techno yeah um but there was like goths and there was like hipsters and there was like proper like steaks or whatever we call them and there was like it was just like a whole convergence of people and it was all just about the the tunes um and that that was that was class and it just felt so different to the kind of separate separation that was going on elsewhere so then i moved to london and was like well i moved to bristol first
3: so you didn't head down to dublin no what like, is that is I, it like you don't go there? you just like i
1: don't know just at the time it didn't feel uh, the thing about dublin is, is like it's really expensive and i think that there's also um there can be a bit of a i don't know it's just hard it's hard to, it's hard to get into the scenes and stuff there when being, being from Belfast, I
3: think it's more than the Liverpool London divide, isn't it? The North South divide.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's just it's. I don't know. It's just a bit. It's just a bit weird. Whereas, like, the thing I love about um, coming to England was that no, one, because you're Irish, no one can place you. Mm. So, like, mm. like I went to uni, and it was like the posh kids <laughs> couldn't work out whether you were posh <laughs> or not, and like you know. So you know y- you find yourself in 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 more different circles because everyone's just like oh there's that's the Irish. the Irish guy and that's kind of your identity rather than any kind of s- social stratus or baggage that the English are obsessed with obviously but like
3: These um idols a gang are you a gang still
1: yeah it's it's weird i mean like when you when you say like i mean we are i would say we're all we're still pretty much a gang like we definitely like
3: that's great
1: all hang out with each other like on tour and like Mm -hmm. everyone's relationship i think is still i mean it's yeah, you know, like, like our relationships are good. They're also terrible. You know, we're, <laughs> we're horrible to each other. Like, like how we, how we write and make music is like yeah. we have a massive argument and then eventually there's a three minute song that comes out of the end of that argument, but like. So, so it's that but that's kind of like family isn't it you know you bicker and you, you argue
2: and you, well yeah that's it exactly and nobody hasn't got no, I don't know anybody who has got a perfect family it's all like you know all families are weird you know it,
1: yeah exactly
2: so Nigel was let loose in the studio you guys coming in and suddenly
3: you went into like mode <laughs> it's like was he like um, oh, referee kind of time out whatever um i
1: always find that uh whenever someone else has to come in with us they can initially be quite taken aback by how we are with each other because we are like pretty ruthless Mm. and pretty and can be it's not unpleasant because we all know it's like you know we're all buddies immediately afterwards and it's never anything where like someone's hurt or like someone's you know, carry something with them away from it. It's almost that we do it so that no one can carry anything out. Like everyone just gets it all out, and then you're like, "Great, night, let's go hang out." It was just a conversation about us all. So, like, um, but yeah, he, he got he got in there. It's always it's always it's always great whenever you you see like. You're like you get someone into the group, and they, and they like you know they'll turn around and say something. You're like that was completely unexpected from you. That's because you feel <laughs> you feel comfortable now. You're you're in it, and no. yeah, Nigel definitely had a few of those moments. Kenny as well. Kenny Beats, who um, also co-produced the album, he he's like that as well. He did he 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 was on the last one, and we. Um, we had this moment where he like just turned around and shouted at everyone and it was like everyone was like yeah
3: yes he's it <laughs> yes mm-hmm.
1: blood brother yeah because yes. it's a, yeah because it can be it's
2: difficult to understand though because you've got to get the right thing about it because you know the cure was always at his best moments was like a, a gang and we were always you know like speaking something to each other that nobody else would understand. And it works if you get it. Like Hedges got it most of the time. You know, he kind of got... Yeah, you know, but
3: he instigated it, you know.
2: He, was, he instigated a lot of it as well. It's like our friend Julianne Reagan says, you know, being in the band is really unnatural because, you know, you put all these young people in the, in the you know together for months on end for weeks on end and you know you do all your work together and then you you're still together Mm -hmm. and you're always together you know and you expect and and then you put it in with you know drugs and alcohol and you expect people to be good and normal and they're probably only like 25 you know what the hell do you expect is going to happen really you know yeah
3: it's healthy healthy if you can like let it all out and then you know put it in its place
2: yeah thing i found really worked the best decision the cure ever made for my money was when when we first started touring you know we didn't have any money so we all be sharing rooms you know the best decision we ever made when we got a little money was like everybody should have their own room because then you know at some point you could just go bye lock the door and, and you you know you can unload
3: when did you have that you had your own rooms
2: <laughs> the last year just the last year if we were lucky, I think Susie had a room. The rest of us just stayed on no the
3: nah. yeah, you
2: stayed on the bus.
3: Yeah, hang on—that on. you woke up one morning and Robert and Simon had left. They'd gone
2: gone back home. Well, that that was that was good because if I had been in sharing a room with them, I'd have seen them packing their suitcases and I would have sat on the suitcases right and said, "No, you're not going anywhere."
3: That's right. Then you would never try and figure out how you put the cure on with two roadies. Yeah,
2: right. right. Well, and and. Paul Bell from Zero One. He was going to put a wig on and sing. Have yeah. you had?
3: Have you? Had, have you had mass walkouts yet,
2: Mark? Have you had like going? That's it, <laughs> you guys. No, that was
3: we, we,
1: we had that like that kind of stuff happened early on, but I think now it's
3: you're over that. Yeah, he's like, oh, go on, go on, then let's see. Yeah, be back at five. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I was, like, I mean, the last album was was difficult to make it was definitely um
3: pushed us you mean this the most recent album yeah the most recent one the one one
1: that's coming out it definitely pushed us um into uncomfortable spots yeah i think like me me and joe have diverged so much in our songwriting and like i did like me and joe were like completely different people we're like almost the exact opposite person yeah and so it's like, and I think what we've learned, especially through the process of this album, is that the best thing is is to respect and acknowledge that, yeah. and not try and have the other person come over to your side. Right. And it's always it's always when someone won't just let us be polar opposites it's all it's it's always that moment is that's that's when there's problems because you're just like how you gonna, like there's no way you're gonna get me to change Square you know, like, yeah hole. yeah it's not it's, yes. it's better just you know just have two different pegs two different holes great but. but
2: that's usually as well though that's usually the dynamic in 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 a lot of bands anyway you know it's like there's two people that have you know they're orbiting around each other and out of that mm. comes the magic yeah you know? exactly and it's not always definable it's not always but definable.
1: it's the, it's that it's that friction and that tension isn't it it's like yeah it's when they it's when they, they the two things that are moving in different directions rub against each other you get heat you get sparks flying
2: well as a, a good friend of mine said you know that's like how you make how do you make the pearl in the oyster you know is it Bit of sand in the oyster, you
3: know? Yeah. yeah oh, that was a good one.
2: I like that one. That was, was that Viv? <laughs> yeah, it might have been her. Yeah, it might have been her. She's your friend. I've never met her. Yeah. But,
3: you know. I, jo- I, yeah, I, 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 I joined a, a female band in the, the Slits. And uh, Ariana was 17. I think Viv was 22 or something like 21. And she says in her book, you know, that, hmm. Uh, you know, she just thought Ari was watching every move I made. <laughs> it was just, its insane. Just, it, you wonder how anything could have, like, you know, pulled together. Because they had fights on stage, you know. Yeah. They were the band I saw, and I thought, and I'm going to join them. I mean, Pamela, the original drummer, and Ari would just fight. <laughs> and I've yeah. heard this from other bands as well. I think it was somebody, I think it was either the Ramones, I think it was, it was Chris Franz from Talking Heads that said he was he's watching the Ramones at CBGB's. And they just stop. And it was like, have an argument as to what they were going to play next. It wasn't even like about the song they were playing. It was like, I'm not playing that one. Fuck off, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just thought it, it, that, and he said that that was what set them apart, really. They'd never encountered something on stage presenting not just warts and all it was like something you shouldn't even (laughs) should you even be having that like as entertainment (laughs) um the slits certainly did you know and there were other bands that were playing at being you know a riot on stage, like Sham Sixty Nine or something. But there, it all- it's so
2: uncanny. Just as you said that, I, the first thing that came to mind was Jimmy Percy. Well, yeah. it was like
3: kind of the kids of united. We're all going to have a riot. It was like a you know, Boston breakout. You know? And you go like, oh, stop it. <laughs> you
2: know? Jimmy's a lovely guy, but he should have been an actor. Really, that would be yeah. That would have. Yeah. Been, you know? Whereas, whereas the
3: slits were just kind of, you know, just just. The energy was too much, you know. Yeah. Until they calmed down, and then, then they can actually play, you know. But uh, I, I, that's it's, it's hard to manufacture, isn't it? You can't manufacture it. It can't be. No, right. no. <laughs> So, how long have you given yourself, Mark, to get all this stuff uh, in order for live now? The new album. How long has it been out now?
1: Was well, so the first single came out? The album comes out in February. All oh, right,
3: I'm ahead of myself. It's ours. It just came out. Yeah,
1: it's yours. Just came out. Yeah, which is great, by the way. I did like, I, I love it. I love it. I lo- that the James Murphy track is sick. Thank you. Like, yeah, it, it, it's cool. I, I like. I really. I really enjoyed playing on it. Like it was, it was cool. I, like it was during lockdown, I think I hooked up with Jackknife, which obviously means something different in America, but
3: anyway. uh, You were over there, weren't you? You were, you were over in LA. uh,
1: No, no, no. We, we, it was like this, it was, I was over in LA like immediate, the day before lockdown kicked in and then got back. And then it was kind of like where everyone was just, don't know if you said the same experience but like people just had like random f- meetings with people over zoom that like you didn't know and it was just all really weird you're like hello so <laughs> what do you do you know it's kind of like speed dating or something like that but anyway i met jack knife and he was like we, we just talked about random albums and things we were getting into it at the time uh and then he talked about this and I was like, oh that's sick. Yeah, lo- love to be involved. And we were talking about that um that African act where it was they were playing the Oh no. Um they play some kind of like drum and it it, it only worked because it was playing through like this old beat up PA. Uh-huh. And that was kind of the de- that was the definition of the sound. So they had to like bring the PA that they used to record out with them. So we were talking about that, and there, I, I could hear like elements of that in yeah. the, the the track. And
3: is James is James on your new single? He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And another member of LCD,
1: yeah. Na- James and Nancy are, are are both on it. Yeah, we did, we just we did a tour with them in uh, the US in in June there. Right. And all, what what amazing people. Yeah. Like what what a joy to. To hang out with those guys, they're just like so lovely, so giving, and so like they just talking about touring and being a band and stuff like that. They do it
3: well. Is Tyler still with them? Yeah,
1: yeah, he was there. I mean, oh my god, what like what a bass player! Like, come on, he is (laughs) unbelievable. But even just like bass synth, like whenever he does the, like just watch that. You're just like ah the the feel that guy has is incredible but like um but like they just they do everything how people should yeah you know like they tour like like the tour was we only played three days a week and the other four you were off oh. and like everyone's just hanging out with each other and like you know you'd always forget you were going on stage
3: if you have a big a big arena, would you like make the stage bigger and spread yourselves out, or would you get like the Beatles at Shea Stadium, just like make it really really small <laughs> so that the place looked even bigger? <laughs> what's 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 Idols' uh, plot stage plot going to be like? Are you going to? Go into the round, Mark. Do you think
1: we we try to? So, like, I really like Jack White as this philosophy about trying to make things di- difficult for yourself. Okay, and and that helps to like maintain spontaneity and is
3: that like putting the drum kit so it's almost impossible to play
1: yeah and just things like like you know i you have the mic stand at a different height all the time i like that and like so our our stage plot is it's it's ever so slightly too small it's ever so slightly uncomfortable for everyone we're all a little bit too close
3: oh i like that
1: and you know, it's all, and that, that's that. That's how we do it. Because it, it's like I think if you're if you're a little bit uncomfortable and you're a little bit like things are a little bit in the wrong place, you
3: you kind of jump around all over the place with careless abandon. Do you have any fear for your life at any point? Will the children change this? Uh,
1: do you know why? It, it kind of
3: has somewhat. I'm definitely
1: way less. Um, like carefree than i was on stage like i used to like you know
3: get lost vanish
1: it was it did yeah get lost it did it didn't it, it wasn't really computing what was happening do you know what i mean and like um now i am a bit more like careful i still i still you know i still get into the crowd every night and I still get on top of people and we still like throw stuff around on stage and things like that. that's
3: like a mutual thing right it, mm, yeah it, it, it's a real contact thing
1: yeah totally 100 um but yeah definitely i definitely don't do the things that i used to do because i'm like i can't can't be having a head injury now. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> it will go through the back of my head before I leap. You
3: could start wearing the the, the, the safety helmet. You know the knee pads and all. Uh, I
1: mean, you talk about knee pads, right? The last idolster, it was like a, Attack of the Bionic Men. It was <laughs> like we we're, we're definitely north of everyone's north of 35 so we're definitely starting the creek you know where it's like tucking their knee pads on before they put their trousers uh, on and like uh,
3: <laughs> it's, it's elbow pads does, does lee go for it as yeah, well yeah he does yeah yeah i thought he did so who's the who's the baby who's the baby
1: what do you mean who's the youngest in the band yeah John John Beavis, drummer. I,
3: thought, I knew it was John. What, what? What? He's like the most sane it seems.
1: So we got. So we we when we started out, we were like awful, like terrible, terrible band. But like we were, we had we had this drummer who was he was in a band called Cooper Temple Clause. Oh yeah, um, and so he he used to drum in CSS as well, um, and uh, he was he was drummer for. And he was like, "Look, I can't, I can't do this gig. It's, uh, it's not for me. I don't really want to go touring and stuff like that if it kicks off." Um, But he was like, he worked at a music college. He was like, "There's this young kid who's like really sick. Like he's really good. You should get him in." So we were all—I mean, we're all old and John, so like, we were all in our like mid twenties. He was this, like, 17-year-old, oh, fresh-faced, yay. like, he was He was really pudgy and, like, <laughs> you know, so innocent. And, like, we've just
3: sculpted him and molded him into exactly what we needed.
1: <laughs> he'll
3: always be. He'll always be the young yeah, one. Yeah,
1: yeah, he definitely is. Um, <laughs> Poor John. We definitely stole his childhood. Like, he definitely lost his innocence with us. So, <laughs> it, it's... Uh, but, hey, it's
3: great. Oh, well, it sounds like you are, like, the, 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 we, we always called both of our bands the mental family. The cure were definitely mental family. Robert's favorite word was mental. Yeah. It's certainly the word I heard the most. Is that what you feel like? Just like a kind of crazy family, secondary family now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so. And you miss them?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, miss (laughs) is the problem is I don't get an opportunity to miss them. That's that's, I'd
3: love I'd love to miss them. You're busy, right? It's it's probably. I mean, when did you have the last break?
1: I mean, technically we're on a break now, but it's just full of stuff. Yeah. Um. I mean, we we haven't stopped since twenty. Our first album came out in twenty seventeen. And we just haven't stopped.
3: It's yeah. It and it's it it staggered me when I saw when the first album was the debut album. Yeah. And and I remember seeing the cover and I thought, wow, this cover's great. You know, this the picture on the front and the first time, and things happen so quickly. You know, if it happens, it just takes off really quick.
1: Yeah. It does, and it, oh, we've been really lucky in that it's kind of, it's the the upward momentum, and the momentum even just within the band creatively, and kind of like with the shows and with the support we're getting, like it just it hasn't it hasn't tapered, it hasn't stopped, mm-hmm. um, and we're kind of just we're only too happy to keep it going, so it's great. Yeah.
2: Take it, take a word from the wise right when you get to like about year five or six and you've been doing 150 shows a year probably suggest to everybody if everybody's going a little nutty that let's just take three months and just just do nothing because it'll keep your band together yeah definitely otherwise they, they have habits of exploding you know well we had a scapegoat
3: we just like waited till the guitarist collapsed you got two guitarists when you had one you see so you can you can kind of Balance that pressure,
2: <laughs> Then you had, you had to get another John in every time, right? Have you noticed? And guitarist always called John? We, it, was, it
3: got harder and harder to find an, a replacement guitarist called John. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, well, those were days, eh? Those, those were days. days. Yep. Hey, Mark, did you did you get the Grammy? I can't remember.
1: We we didn't. We were oh. um, next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were. We were. We came. Second, the Aussie Osborne. Well that's not which bad. Is, you know, I'll I will i respect that. Yeah. And then I can't remember what the other thing was, but It,
3: it doesn't matter. matter. Is you and Ozzy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. just to be in this, the same press as Aussie Osborne.
3: I think I'd give if if I was if I was mean I'd give if I won it, I'd give it to Ozzy. I, I wouldn't
1: no, no I would have I would have kept, kept it. I would have no, kept okay. it. I would have been like
2: Well you'd have to ask. Oh hey, you know I've got one as well. Jack knife. Has he really? Yes, he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kept that one quiet. Yeah. Well, he, no, he didn't, actually. Did he? Yeah, no, he did. He did. He doesn't like to, you know, he's not like me. He doesn't like to tell everybody what he's got. You know, he's like, Does he keep Engelbert Humperdinck quiet as well? I'm not sure that I get the reference there. but It was the neon sign in the
3: studio. Oh, no, that, that was Neil Diamond. Oh, not, not Engelbert, Engelbert Humperdinck. Humperdinck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who Engelbert Humperdinck is. Where did that come from? I don't know Neil Diamond Neil Diamond Engelbert Humphrey. can't kind of probably the same they the same area they're the same vibe yeah I can't remember anything about Humperdink. Uh, uh, no,
2: me neither.
1: Uh, please release me, let me go. That's what he did. Yes. Oh,
2: release me, let me go. The song that they sing in pubs, like, like and, and you always have to have that bit at the end. Like, please release me. I could hear Joe singing
3: that. I think you should make a go of that one. Yeah. I think. Please release me. I, it, I think it. I think it's Taylor made. It's getting
1: out of my list of things to do. <laughs>
3: I know you're you're busy and you've got your family and... Um, We're going
2: to let you get back to them. Great, well, it's been a pleasure. And thank you so much, because it's the most beautiful piece of guitar I ever heard.
1: Well, let, uh, hopefully we'll get to do it on a stage sometime.
2: I like
3: that. We're organising that. Sometime next year, it'll be early, but it'll probably just after your album comes out. So we have to catch you before you... Uh,
1: if i can i will
3: for sure you know you get into the four days the three days on on the four days off routine
2: yeah we'll get you on that on the when you have your four days off we'll get you on that bit and sneak you for a couple of days yes
3: we'll we'll send the helicopter around and uh,
2: yes there you go
3: mark it's been lovely take care all the best awesome thank you see ya. cheers <laughs> Creatures is created and presented by Lol Tolhurst and Budgie. Producer, Joe Wong. Producer and audio designer, Dan Didier. Executive producer, Mark Cates. Associate producer, Sophie Wild. Digital marketing, Margie Taylor. Art and logo design, Justin Thomas K. Music production, Jack Knife Lee. Assistant editor, Ben Miller. Curious Creatures is on the web and you can access us
2: at www.curiouscreaturespodcast.com And you can reach us on Instagram and Facebook at Curious Creatures Official Twitter at Cure Creatures
3: To find more of the best music podcasts visit doubleelvis.com or follow at doubleelvis on Instagram or at doubleelvis on Twitter
2: Curious Creatures is a production of LXB LLC 2023